changes coming for Olympic sailing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. As the IOC works with international sports federations to make the Olympic program more universal, more attractive to young people, sailing is one of the sports that is adapting to the change. The Federation is now firming up its program for the Paris Olympics in 2024, a Games that will bring kiteboarding to the Summer Olympics, while double-handed boats will take less of a role in the Games. World Sailing President Kim Anderson joins us on this edition of ATR Radio. He's been President of the Federation since 2016, the culmination of a long career with the sport. He started sailing as a young Dane, a 13-year-old on the high seas, from the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona to Sydney in 2000. He was the manager of the Danish sailing team. He joined the Council of the Federation in 2000, back when it was known as the International Sailing Federation. Thanks very much for joining us today from Denmark, Kim Anderson. How are you today? I'm fine, and I thank you for giving us the opportunity to uh, to talk to you and to uh, give you some views on, on sailing in this ever-changing world. Yeah, and it is it is changing. You're looking far ahead here to, it seems like far ahead to Paris, but there's uh, plenty of activity underway right now. Um, with with sailing, with the equipment that you use, uh, a very challenging venue, the, 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 the sea, it seems like making changes to the Olympic program is is not such an easy thing to do for for sailing. Um, you've been pressed by the IOC on a number of fronts. What's it like for for sailing to come to grips with what the IOC wants to see changed in in sailing and sport overall? Uh, first of all, I think that it. Uh, it's the job of me and and my team and and and, sa- and sailing uh, sailing uh, you can say world to to define the right venue for sailing and then I'm very sure that also it will be the best venue for the RCs but I think it's really in that order and of course the challenge that we're having in, in, in sailing is that we are having around 60 million sailors using 71 percent of global surface as the field of play. And we are trying to get that into one Olympic event with 10 disciplines and 350 sailors. So that's really the challenge that, that we are looking at. And then we have a lot of history, which is also a very, 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 we are very proud of our history. But on the other hand, we also very much bound by the history. So that's, that's the process. How do we cover the global sailing world? How do we, do we create the window during the Olympics to be exciting and, and showing our sport? And the same time, continuing a development uh, to keep the interest and attract, you can say, new sailors. And that's 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 I think that, like the challenge we're seeing. Then, of course, we are we are having equipment which has been in the Olympics for many years, and just the history of that equipment is so enormous that it's actually difficult for us to change. But we have to have a look at it, and that sometimes hurts. So, uh, being a sailor myself, I know. The classes that you have done, how much they mean to you, how much you engage you are, and how difficult it is to sort of look beyond or look at other events. But that's the process that we're having in place now. And this is this is where we're going. So, so you're right. Changes are never easy, but it's a, as I see it, it's a process. A little bit also coming from my business background that that you need to put it into a process because the emotions they need to be there because that's what sports is all about. But at the same time, 
we need to be open to changes, open to to keep the relevance for the future and also for for new people coming into our sport. The the, the number of competitors has declined. I think when I started covering the Olympics, you had four hundred or more sailors in the in the competition for the games, and now I think for Paris, the number the IOC wants for sailing is three hundred fifty. Um, is that is that hard to do? Um, does it reflect a, a loss of standing or influence for sailing in the Olympic program? Actually, I don't see it that way. I see it more like the, 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 that the IOC is having to deal with how to keep the balance between the traditional events at the Olympics, which is, is making the Olympics what they are today, and then developing new events and at the same time keeping the balance between not getting out of hands with too many athletes and getting too cost uh, costly. So this is why they, they have sort of uh, made, uh, uh, you can say, basically the focal point around keeping uh, these 10,500 athletes and that is where and of course every sport is squeezed. So I think what you're seeing with sailing is, is I don't see it as a lack of influence. I see it as a part of the development by trying to create an interesting product with traditional sports and new sports uh, in there. So, so uh, that is where we're going. I think uh, we were, yes, we, we were above 400, uh, in, uh, you can say, sailors uh, uh, at the Sydney Olympics and at the Barcelona, coming from the Barcelona Olympics, and then it went down to, to uh, 380. And then uh, for going into Tokyo, we'll be 350. Um, so that, that's where we are, you can say. Having said that, I think when we're using it, how we are actually displaying our sport, not only sailing, but many other sports, using the media, then of course we would like as many sailors to be participating also because when you're having a fleet event, then you need to have more sailors than just a few to create the fleet and to to make to display the sport that we're doing. But on the other hand, we are also able to have events with due to new media can actually make it very exciting and very and, and show the sport in the best possible way by having less sailors. So I think new technologies, new media and also developing our events will cater for this change and still keep the ten events that we have in sailing very viable and very interesting. Yeah, and I guess you lower costs. You make things simpler and easier to stage for the Olympics if you do have fewer competitors. Does that does that apply? I think it applies because also that is the, 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 that is sort of the frame that our C is putting forward is, of course, how to keep the cost at a, at a decent level. And I think they have done a, uh, RC has done a lot of good uh, initiatives the last, last many years to sort of develop a cost-efficient Olympics and also looking ahead, uh, look at, at the cho- choosing Paris and look, choosing LA for 2024, or 28, sorry, uh, Paris for four and 28 for, for Los Angeles. I think uh, there we are. We can see the cost focus was was very big, and I think that's just fair because uh, having an Olympic uh, should be creating a legacy, but not at the prices that and the cost we have seen in the past. So I think they're doing a great job there. And part of the participation of of athletes is, of course, keeping that frame at a decent level. So I think we are, we are con- contributing to the to the Olympics and keeping them, uh, you can say, strong and viable by by adopting. And that means. Sometimes you're losing some sailors, but in this case, we're down to 350, which is okay for the 10 events that we're having. 
Uh, I'm talking to Kim Anderson, who is president of World Sailing on Around the Rings Radio. Gender equity is another big issue for the IOC in the Olympic sports. How has this been applied for, for sailing looking to Tokyo, which I believe will be uh, a gender equal uh, games for sailing? Um, you can say, first of all, I think it's actually what the IOC is trying to tell us as a sport, not only us, but all sports, that is the, the way the world is going is that gender equity is increasingly important around the world. And, and uh, coming from Scandinavia and look and traveling a lot around the world, I see the same development. So I would say it in a, in a very blunt way, if, if, if sports not, not adopt to focusing on gender equity, then I, I'll see that the relevance of, of, of the sport will actually decrease in the future. So that's why I think it's it's not just IOC saying that, but I think IOC by putting forward that in the 2020 is actually giving us some uh, direction and giving us some tools to work with in order to increase the gender equity focus in our sport, make the changes, and then as for sailing, make sure that we're keeping our sport relevant not for the future and especially for young kids coming into our sport around the world. There are some changes coming with the uh, with the equipment, also known as boats, <laughs> by people who are not in the sailing world. But uh, in in Paris, uh, kiteboarding will make its uh, summer Olympic debut, and you will have fewer sailors in in two handed boats. Um, first, what happens to these uh, the, the larger sailboats that? Have have two persons in them, yeah, reducing the numbers yeah, but, there. But, yeah, but we actually it's, it's not that uh, it's dramatic. You can say what is important for looking into the Paris uh, 2024 Olympics and the event just chosen from our recent mid-year meeting. That is that uh, that the council decided to go forward with four mixed events, meaning that that is where you have uh, men and women on the on the same. A piece of equipment and competing and I think that's quite good because that's a good facilitator for getting more women into a sport and making uh, you know the change of knowledge the the training together the developing together very strong because here in those cases the two uh, genders they are actually depending on each other uh, to make uh, the right results so so I think that's very important then coming back to your question regarding Double-handed. We we have we we have a very in Tokyo. We'll have uh, a, a equipment called the 470. It's a it's a good equipment. Has a long track record in Olympics. Has done a great job for sailing around the world. Uh, you can say uh, getting more new sailors into our equipment. It's a, it's a good uh, it has a good track record from developing for use and all the way up to the Olympics. And in order to facilitate mixed sailing, then we have. Instead of having a, a, a men and women event, we have put it uh, as a mixed event. And that is actually, the, the equipment works perfectly for that, for that because weight-wise, for sailing the equipment at an optimized way, the mixed weights and physics of men and women are actually perfectly suitable for that boat, uh, that piece of equipment. So we, don't, we haven't selected the equipment finally for, for the 2024, but that's up for our November meeting. But I think here there's a there will be a very strong competitor coming from the existing class for that slot, meaning two things, that we have a strong 
uh, grows uh, from use and into Olympics. And at the same time, the M&As around the world, they have the equipment, so they don't, they don't have to invest in new equipment. So that's one thing. So that's, yes, double-handed is changing, but it's not like it's disappearing or that it's, uh, that it's uh, uh, minimized in our event. Not at all. Uh, the other question you had around kiteboarding. For, for me, kiteboarding, that is a, a kind of, there's so many things happening in sailing. We, we kites came, came into sailing many years ago now, and they have sort of established themselves. And we are, we are seeing the possibility of also having a mixed kites event where the knowledge transfer between the men and women are very depending, leading into the Olympics. And then to, to have an exciting event, and we have still not defined how this event should be done. So that could be course racing, it could be jumping, it could be slalom, it could be a lot of things. So that is still to be decided. But I think basically the issue is that with these mixed events, we can facilitate the gender development, and that is good for the sport in general. You'll so have, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. You'll have kiteboarding in the Youth Olympic Games in Buenos Aires in October. Exactly. We have we have the kiteboarding in there for the first time, and uh, and of course, looking at that development, we I think, I'm sure we'll learn a lot, and uh, and these uh, you can say young uh, people kiting in in Buenos Aires, uh, looking six years ahead, uh, then they'll be less young and much more experienced, and probably we will see them in the Olympic in Paris. Do you see kiteboarding as uh, an event in in sailing that? is helping to make the sport more accessible? Definitely. I, I see kiteboarding a little bit like when we, when we, uh, when windsurfing developed and, and when windsurfing was included. So windsurfing is today one of the most accessible events that we're having around the world, and I see kiteboard doing the same. And it also, let's, let's face it, kiteboard and windsurfing fits very much to lifestyle. It's easy to get out, easy to get in. You, it's, not, uh, it's not a big, big, complicated thing of rigging and getting ready. It's, 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 it's easy accessible. And, and as I said, our, our field of play is, is the surface of the globe, at least 71% of it. And there, these, these, uh, these uh, windsurfing and kites makes it possible to go in many different locations and, and do your sport. And that's, I think, is exciting for, for uh, existing, but also for new sailors that we want to attract. Uh, could you talk a little bit about what you're expecting in, in Tokyo as you're preparing for, for the uh, 2020 Olympics? Uh, your, your, your venue is a little bit removed from Tokyo, but not too far away. How do you feel about that? It's... Uh how should I say? I've been I've been uh, visiting many Olympics and had a role at many Olympics, and and of course we would like to be in Tokyo. But very often sailing, uh, having being close to the water, then the feel of play is more important for us. So we feel that when we are placed at the Tokyo Olympics, is perfectly. It's a it's a club that we know. It's an area that we know, and it's an area that many sailors has been all, already training in. So I think all the preparations for Olympics for the Tokyo Olympics are, are moving forward uh, for the competitors and they, they they are very satisfied with where we are and, and in, in the locations that we are. So so on that field we are we are well prepared and it's it's now moving ahead. We'll also have our test events in these areas and we, we know that there's a lot of good local knowledge uh, available for sailing to draw upon. Yeah your test event is in September. Traditionally the, the first 
test event of any Olympic Games. Yeah, that is where we are. As we are trying to make, always tell that this is a test event for the for the organizers, not the sailors. But that's uh, that's how it is. So I think it has turned out with all the experience we are investing in these test events. It has been turning out as a good test event for sailors and for the organization in place and also for the new people that we're training for the Olympics. So I'm I'm pretty confident that, that we are okay there. Uh, Tokyo will not have Paralympic sailing. Uh, you're trying to bring it back for Paris in 2024. What needs to yeah. be done there? How is that going to work? I think it's, uh, you can say, it's it's like, Everything else, it's it's uh, it's such a big loss when when you're when you're losing it, and it's so difficult to get in because there's so many sports competing uh, for the slot. But having said that, I I, uh, I can see that the progress we have made during the last many years of increasing the number of nations. We had uh, 38 nations uh, uh, at our last World Championships, and that needs to be looked upon like. Many of the countries which were participating in the Rio Olympics, because it's not funded, and they're actually hesitant to send sailors. So uh, despite being a non-Olympic event, we were actually able to increase the number of participation nations. And there I think we have a very strong sport. Then looking at, at that our sport in sailing, we can cater for any disabilities to a big extent so we 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 make it our sport makes it accessible for disabled people to do our sport on a highly competitive level and i think those two factors that seeing the increasing uh, numbers of of nations taking part in our championships and at the same time able to cater for a greater uh, you can say audience of of disabled people who wants to go sailing i think that's that gives us a big advantage so i'm quite positive about our ability to come in again and be uh, be ready for the next Olympics, and then we uh, we hope for the best. And we are uh, preparing, of course, our offer now for this summer. And then it, I, as I remember it right now, it's uh, it's going that's going to be a decision in the beginning of next year. So all fingers crossed, we'll be in. And that's the International Paralympic Committee which decides whether to include the sport. Exactly, in that's the IPC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 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 Paris, the sailing will actually take place in Marseille, quite a distance away from the city. Um, will that present any uh, problems or issues for for sailing? Is that the best place for sailing in France? I think I think first of all, I was I actually just came back from Marseille. I was down there this weekend. And uh, it's a fantastic venue. So I'm I'm very, very happy and very confident about that venue's ability to deliver a fantastic Olympic event in 2024. And then how difficult it is for me as a Dane and many other traditional sailing countries, we have to admit that France is very much one of the pinnacle nations within sailing that goes for every kind of sailing, if it's offshore sailing, uh, you can say distance sailing, Olympic class sailing, kiting, windsurfing, you name it. In in France, that is a, a, a sailing is such a big sport. So I'm I'm sure that that wherever we we'll go in France, we'll have a great venue because we we there are so much into sailing everywhere you go. And at the same time, now being in Marseille, you can say a little bit on our own. Then suddenly, sailing is the major event of the city of Marseille, and we are 
still with with uh, with the public transportation things like that quite close to to Paris. So so I think we have a, we will have a perfect venue, and I'm very excited to to be in France with the venue 2024 because this is a sailing country. The the distance between Paris and Marseille is considerable. You had to deal with something like that in in Beijing, um, and also I guess to a to a degree in in London. Um, that's just something that that's that's the way the the cookie crumbles. That's the way it goes for for sailing. It seems. Yeah, but you can say in London. I think uh, of course you had a distance, but that was uh, to overcome. And, and uh, but but here in Marseille, due to the transportation and, and the connections, I think we'll have a, a even stronger to connection to Paris. So so I think that's of a lesser problem. Uh, in Tiantao to Beijing, it was a, a different distance in a different area. Uh, so uh, that was that was different, but but we are used to that. And I just think for France, you can say for being in France, where sailing is so popular, then I'm very sure that we will attract very big crowds. Being in Marseille, although it's not Paris, so I think there we are in a great shape, and I'm really looking forward to it. Our guest on ATR Radio today is Kim Anderson, president of World Sailing. Anti-doping is part of every international federation's uh, procedures and policies, but there seem to be few cases in sailing to report. Is this an accurate observation here? And what 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 does anti-doping uh, mean for the sport of sailing? I think uh, doping or the control and the anti-doping. Uh, uh, you can say regulations that we are applying to all our sailors uh, is highly important for any sport because if you are not uh, on top of this and you could get into problems, then it's the sport that is at stake, the credibility of your sport, and that is something you, you need to protect. And again, talking about credibility, that is something which will affect the sailors that you have now and the sailors that uh, you are you, you are you are looking forward to engaging with in the future. And it will also have a big effect on on kids and youth. So, so that is something which we take very serious. We have had very, very few instances, mainly people who have been tested out of competition uh, and with for different substances, but never any anything uh, serious to say. But but we treat all these instances also as being very serious, and that that's why I think we are. We have a, a very clean sport. I, I don't, again, having said that, we need to be aware that this is something which is in all sports and in the, the enhancement of improving your sport uh, via doping. That is something that that you cannot say it's not happening in your sport because you should uh, cannot that it won't happen in your sport. You have to control it, and, and people have to know that you are controlling it. I've not 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 aware of a a medal that has been lost to doping in sailing uh, in sailing that's nope. been lost due to doping. No, that, is, that, is that correct? That's correct. That's But that's why I said that, that uh, uh, the instance that we've had asked uh, was a very few instance where sailors were uh, sort of tested out of competition and for substances which we, we you know was considered minor but that's where we are with sailing, and I think we should keep it that way. And we are working bent hard on applying every every rules in the book and all the procedures and best practices that we can apply to keep it that way. 
another issue in sport that affects the integrity of of sport is safe sport. Uh, the notion that athletes sh- can compete and train without the fear of abuse and harassment, uh, something we've seen in, in gymnastics. But is this important also for, for sailing? How is sailing handling the issue of, of safe sport? I think, th- again, that is a little bit uh, in the line of what we just talked on before, that it, it is as important that, that when parents uh, send their kids or when youth go to events, that they are safe. So this is a, a concern. And uh, let's face it, we could also have, we are also seeing some instances around our some of our youth events which we take very serious and which we are trying to deal with. So this is something which is, is uh, part of, of uh, you can say, the way the world is, is, is today. And this is something you need to monitor and you need to be on top of making sure you have rules and regulations in place so you are discouraging these things to happen before it's even there's a, a, any instance happening. But, but right now, we, again, we are having... Uh, a good and clean sport in that in that sense also, but again, it's something you need to to uh, to work with all the time. You have and, and 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 also you're talking about safety. We have another issue that's very far from what you just talked about now, but that's of course our sport has developed within the 15 years from sailing on the water to flying above the water. So right now we're actually setting up new safety measures and how to engage and how to exchange uh, accidents because in Many years ago, you would either drown or you would get very cold by getting in the water. But we've never had seen accidents where you are hit by something in the water and then you have a serious accident. But that's the case now because the, the way we are, we are conducting our sport is so much faster during the last 15 years that we are seeing things we've never seen before. So also the safety aspects of, uh, you can say, when you go racing, make sure that everybody returns. That's something that we are working very, very hard on. And we are having a program where we're changing all the, the, the incidents as fast as we can in order to share the experience to raise the awareness around the world. Uh, you have in just a month's time or so, a little more than a month's time, the World Championships coming to Denmark. Uh, I'm sure you're happy about a hometown championships, <laughs> for one thing. But uh, what are you expecting from, uh, from Aarhus in uh, late July? Yeah, first of all, you can say the, the combined world championships uh, in sailing in Aarhus, that is uh, where we are having the 10 Olympic classes, each racing for the world championship. So, so of course, it's a huge event where, it, where I would say it's, it's probably four times uh, the Olympics in, in numbers of athletes. And it's, of course, a big event winning a world championships in any of the four uh, Olympic classes. On top of that, it's where 40% of the qualifiers for the Olympics in, in uh, Tokyo are actually up for grab. So people are actually racing to, to qualify their nations, and that's the first qualifier. So there's a lot of stake at the, in Aarhus. Uh, for world sailing as an event, it's also a milestone because we've been building up our presentation on media. We've building up on a presentation also on the, on the new media and, uh, and with a lot of graphics, a lot of things we've developed with SAP analytics. So this world is the first time we're actually displaying it on such a big an event. 
and having such a big audience. And then we have arranged with uh, with all the stakeholders that after the the event is over, we'll we'll go in and we we are monitoring on a lot of different parameters. So we really get some knowledge on how our, can we develop our staging of the events, uh, the engaging of fans, and all this in a in a better way than we've done before. And are the things that we have in place actually working and showing off? So so there's a lot of things on the sporting side of the qualification of for the Olympics, and then at the same time developing our sport uh, for new media, but also for for uh, stakeholders and, and, and viewers. And new media, new technology is able to bring, you don't have to be on the boat to be experiencing the sailing competition with this new media, with new technology. The, the spectator is able to uh, experience this uh, um, in, in, a, in a different way as a result of these changes, these new technologies. Yes, f- first of all, we have the graphics, so the, the spectators and also the people at the event actually on the big screens, they can watch what's happening. And due to the graphics, we can explain, you could say, wind shifts, we can explain how they each, each of the sailors, when they're racing, they're covering up, giving them wind shadow, all these things we can now explain where, again, just if you go back 15 years ago, uh, people outside the sport really didn't understand it. So it's like a little bit like when if you would watch football and you wouldn't know what's offside is or when there's a corner kick or whatever. But this is now, we can now explain what's happening on the water and we can bring it ashore and you can even have a look at your, you can say your your computer and your your, your laptop or whatever and, 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 and be part of it. And that's, of course, very important. Uh, the other thing is we've just introduced uh, uh, e-gaming in sailing. And that's, of course, also a, a way of attracting existing sailors and other sailors in a new environment and also being attractive for use. So we are actually exploiting the, the new media wave in a big f- f- way. We are, we are doing it for our events and how to uh, promote our sport, but at the same time also engaging now with e-sailing around the world where we are having the first build-up for the first e-sailing world championships, which is then having the grind final at our annual meeting in November. You come from a career in business. Uh, what can inter- international federations like like sailing learn or apply to their sport from successful business practices? What do you try to What do you try to do for sailing? Actually, it's a little bit. Uh, you can say, how should I put it? It's a little bit a two-sided thing because for your sport as being a sailor you have so much passion but but it's sport is now developing more and more professionally when you are dealing with sponsors when you're dealing with interfaces you can say with regulation we are we are having a, a lot of local regulation in in Europe we are having to apply EU regulation concerning anti-monopoly things like that there are so many things which are now interlinked with sport so I think the business background gives you that balance, and then the, 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 the desire and the, the love of your sport gives you another thing. So if you can combine these things, then you are well equipped. If you only have one of them, you'll be lost anyway, because if you only have the business element and have lost the passion because you didn't have it or you haven't, haven't been around the sport at different level, then, then it, you cannot use it. On the other hand, if you have been around the sport and you have the business background as well, then you can use many of the rationales from the business 
to adopt uh, with stakeholders of your sport in a different way than we have done previously. And I think that is the way the sport is going. We can see the, the level of professionalism throughout how you manage the sport, how you engage with with audience, with stakeholders, with sponsors, etc. That needs a kind of professionalism that you can uh, carry over, so to speak, from your business background. A man with a passion for sailing and a little bit of business know-how to be able to apply to the sport. Kim Anderson, president of World Sailing. Thanks very much for joining us today on Around the Rings Radio. Thank you, Ed. Thank you very much. And this is Around the Rings editor, Ed Hula. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of ATR Radio, your best source of news about the Olympics for 25 years. AroundTheRings.com.